Welcome. It's another season of Lion Tales. This is Tanya. Join me, Alvin, and Jojo as we continue to explore and discuss stories from the diaspora. Our voices. Our stories. We still over here roaring. Where y'all at? What's up, sis? Nah, I'm feeling a little bit of separation anxiety because uh, Atlanta traffic has Alvin stuck away from us, so the separation anxiety sort of fits into what we're talking about today because... Ooh, oh, I like, yeah, the anxiety of it all, correct? Yeah. Correct. And uh, let's talk about therapy. Let's, let's talk, talk about... And me. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about all the good things and, and the, the bad things. That will be... So I think that's important, y'all, because I tried to put it into a lyric like anybody, you know, when you hear that, no, I can't sing. So what? I do it anyway. Um, But it made you feel good. And it made me feel good. And I think that that fits into therapy. Um, In recent years, I feel like black people are embracing therapy a little bit more. Some of the trend numbers say that. What's also interesting to me is that a lot of things that we usually assume don't happen to us, like suicide, they that is uptick more. And I'm of the opinion that it happened a lot and we didn't report it as such because we tend to suffer in silence. Mm-hmm. And that's why therapy is so important to me. So number one question for you is therapy, yay or nay? Uh, def- definite yay for me. Um, I will say when I was probably, you know, younger, mm-hmm. um, I, I was of the thinking like I can do all of this by myself. I can fix all of this on my own just because, you know, uh, the way society teaches you, patriarchy teaches you, especially uh, as a man, like that I don't need no, yeah, I don't need yourself. no help handling this. I can handle yeah. this, and and I was bought in at those early ages, and I'm sure that that played into like my hesitancy to like talk to someone. I, I agree, and I think part of that hesitancy too is also because we are people of African descent, and so there's a list I pulled it for this because I'm just gonna read off all ten of them. Tell me which ones resonate the most with you, right? Okay. So the barriers for us are high cost of mental health, familial shame around mental health. People are going to say you're crazy. Cultural stigma of mental illness. Lack of diversity in healthcare. Less than 2% of therapists are black. And I paused on this one because that's a big deal. Usually the things that we go talk about are things that are specific to our racial identity mm-hmm. and how that trauma has impacted us. Um, poor competency among non-black clinicians which is piggybacking off of the other one Mm -hmm. right um whiteness as a foundation to mental health care so most of the teaching around psychology and mental health is solely based on white people's norms values and beliefs seven distrust of the medical industry which yeah eight is the difficulty navigating the process right nine is emotional hesitation because black people are often taught to keep things to ourselves. Don't tell our business outside mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. house. 10 negative past experiences. Did anything on that list stand out to you as a big what you see as one of the bigger barriers? Um the the emotional hesitancy for uh jumped out. Emotional okay. hesitancy jumped out and I mean re- realistically cost uh cost. in in America access to therapy is pretty much by privilege. Right. Um, there are there are some great, great, great free resources out there, um, but 
it's hard to find some of these things, not because people don't try to market them, but because there's so much out there and people are going through so much content. It's overwhelming, yeah. right? Cause, and I think that that's, what was the one on here? Difficulty navigating the process. Yeah. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to do it. But I wanted to hop back to, you said cost. And sometimes, which you've said this to me before, I'm like, everybody needs a therapist. And you're like, everybody doesn't have money for a therapist. Mm -hmm. And it also ties to me, like my, my thought process about it has evolved that most people are so busy at the business of living and surviving mm -hmm. before you even get to the mo the money mm -hmm. that there's all those barriers like man when am i going to find the time when am i going to find the money it's all these things that are usually in the shortest of supply that'll prevent you from doing it money time right access um and i think for me we talk about this like with mental health that i am super focused on taking care of my mental health because what does it say here in the emotional hesitation? Talking about emotions is something that many of us are not directly taught how to do. I think that that probably resonates with every black person in America with very few outliers, that some stereotypes are true, that you're not really taught to talk about your emotions. And I think we have to get past that as a group probably with therapy because we don't talk about our emotions because we weren't in a place where emotions were a part of who we were. We came to this country in the most part via chattel slavery, right? And so when did you have time to be emotional? Because property is not emotional. And so I think that there was a suppression over hundreds of years that continues to this day. Dr. Glay, what how up, are you? Yeah, and we said, I said to begin that I had a little bit of separation anxiety, which is a therapy issue because Alvin was not here, because you weren't here yet. And that's a, that's something that people need therapy for. But I was waiting for you, sir, because I want to go through something which I think with, with the black community, and I hear this a lot, I don't need therapy. I have Jesus. Even mm -hmm. our mom says that. She's like, well, you know, I just prayed about it. And I'm like, Mommy, faith of our works is dead. You said the prayer, now the work might be the therapist, right? And I also think it's true, and I think it came up on earlier, when don't remember which pod that was, but if you break your arm, a prayer is not going to get you anywhere, and you're not even going to, you might pray, Lord, I hope the ambulance come quick. What you're not going to say is, Lord, Jesus, fix it. Throw that cast on, Jesus. I mean, and I knew he turned the water into the wine, but y'all looking for a lot if you think he's going to turn this broken bone into a casted up arm that is going to heal. And so you mentioned it yesterday, Alvin. It was like you would go to the doctor for any other thing. Listen, I go to my doctor and like, hey, I got a big pimple on my chin. I'm going to slide by for a cortisone injection. I consider sometimes with therapy too, like therapy has allowed me to add other things that are therapeutic and good for mental health. I can't slide by my therapist for a quick cortisone shot my mental health but I can sit and meditate mm -hmm. or I can practice mindfulness I have a coloring book for adults and all of those things are offshoots of the fact that I prioritize my mental health by giving it to a doctor so I just wanted to catch you up on what we had talked about already the 10 barriers biggest barriers for us negative past experiences emotional hesitation we're taught not to talk our business outside of our houses right true, and not true. to talk your so I'm, I'm gonna give you the list and you Tell me which one resonates with you, and I'll tell you which resonated with him. Difficulty navigating the process, just like any healthcare, it's all these steps and all these things. Distrust of the medical industry, whiteness as a foundation to mental health care, just like physical health care, most of the norms, most of the approaches are based on white people, their values, their right. beliefs. 
poor competency among non-black clinicians, which they're not used to talking to black people or being aware of our problems. So it's hard for them to help because sometimes what I read is that people have to explain the nuance. No, this impacted me as a black person because, and so you have mistrust right. in the competency. It's like, I got to tell you this thing. Um, four is the lack of diversity. Only 2% of, of mental health care providers are black. Three is cultural stigma of mental illness. You don't want to be called crazy. <laughs> Familial shame, right? That there's a sense of paranoia that venting your feelings to other people, they would know the family business and people would think the family was dysfunctional. Who gives a shit if it's dysfunctional, but people would think it, right? right? And number one is the high cost of mental health. So that's 10 things. Which of those is the biggest barrier that stands out to you? And then I'll recap, and I'll have to ask you to recap yours. Uh, I think for me, actually, I don't fit in any of those boxes. So what is your um, barrier? Um, or, if this, or if we're looking at the whole group without making it specific to any one of us, yeah, yeah. What I mean, do you think I know that's the, that's the purpose of that, right? Yeah. It's basically saying based on, you know, all the research we've done, this is how we've codified you know what the biggest, hurdle. the biggest hurdle right so it doesn't mean everyone fit in that for me i kind of look at it as context dependent it depends on a person right? right so when i think about therapy we're talking about mental health we're talking about the ability to talk to someone about your problems fear of judgment i'm surprised that's not on there I feel um, like that that's kind right, of under this stigma, cultural stigma? stigma of mental illness. That's judgment. Well, uh, that maybe. It's a stigma maybe. Of, so maybe it fits in that, in that category, fear of judgment. Yeah. Um, when you don't have those things, then you need an outlet, right? You need someone to talk to. So for me, it is around, I have a strong, so this like, I, I always like to look at things from my perspective and try not to um, put my experience, you know, across the board. So when I think about therapy, I look at my life, for example, mm -hmm. When I was six years old, my parents divorced. When I was seven, I became a refugee. Um, for the next seven years, you know, I was basically a survivor of the fittest, right? You live or you die, right? right. And then right. I came to this country after to navigate that. And then, you know, I overcame that because my family was close. So I have my mother who's strong and faith-based. I have my siblings. So we were vulnerable with each other, you know, when we have issues. But not everyone has that. So let me ask you a question relative to that. Do you think that, are there some people who also have that closeness with their family and therapy is still an option? Absolutely, that's what I said is individual, is based on the individual preference, right. right? For me, I don't care about people judging me that I have mental illness and whatnot. Matter of fact, I have mental illness in my family, right? Two of my brothers have mental illness. Right. And do they seek um, therapy? And, and you don't have to answer that if that's too private. Do they seek therapy? Therapy. Do they one has, therapist? the other one hasn't. He's in, he, I, I like to think he's in denial about his situation. But uh, for me, is that I have an outlet, and then we were strong as far as faith, right? You know, right. you talked about this earlier. When you have issues, you pray first, and then the Bible is supposed to give you guidance on what you're supposed to do, but you still need someone to talk to mm -hmm. as an outlet. And for me, I feel like I have it. Now, that said, one of the reasons personally in America that I don't like therapy is because I feel like it's a transaction. If I'm coming to talk to you about my problems and you're supposed to help me, and then at the end you're saying, all right, it's going to cost you $50. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, you're supposed to help me, right? So it kind of, for me, it defeats the purpose, that transaction aspect of it. And I have tried it when, you know, um, 
Can uh, I ask you a question, which ahead. is a little bit of an interruption, but let me ask you this. So are you offended when you pay your physical doctor? When you pay your primary care doctor, does it bother you that you pay them? <laughs> so I know where you I know where you're you know where I'm headed. You're like, you're, oh, yeah, well, you know. if you're sick yeah. and you got to go do your physical, you, you're trusting the medical doctor, which your therapies, right. you know, psychotherapist right. or whatever. They're, they're licensed, right? They right. can help you. And you're supposed to pay them. Uh, so that's a fair assessment. But for me, I don't equate it to that because I feel like there's no like severe pain, which I know is not the, it's it's not true because there is you're suffering mentally. Yeah. It's just the accepting aspect of it. It's like, well, I'm I'm okay. I can talk to my mom. I can talk to my friend. They can help me, and then you know I'll be good, right? But then if I go talk to you, and then you're like, all right, Alvin, <laughs> it's gonna cost you a hundred dollars. He's like, wait a minute, I thought you were supposed to be an outlet. I actually kind of agree with Alvin on that um, in the feeling of it feeling a bit transactional. So but then, but then I, I, I reconcile it in my head is that we have made capitalism our system, so everything's transactional. And that is a part of, they operate, they live in that system too. Yeah. So they had to you know pay to get those degrees, they had to do all those things, and they have to pay that back, and they got to support their families. So if they can help me, I pay for a good service, just like I would, you know, pay for a good service at a restaurant or pay for a good service getting the car worked on. It's a good service. So that's how I reconcile it in my head. Devil's advocate part of that, Alvin. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that? I think I think it's fair. What he's saying, I think it's fair. Now, so Does I it have change done, any thought? No. Well, I have done. So I've considered it. But I'm like, damn, I really got to pay someone to go talk to him. It's real. No, that's, that's real. <laughs> I got to pay someone to go talk to him. Like, I, I'll be personal for a second, right? So over the last three years. You know, I lost a brother, I lost my grandmother, I lost another brother, and then I got divorced over the last three years. And there's been a moment for me where, you know, I sat in a room and it was just like, just breakdown. But guess what? I called my mom, I called my sister, and I just cried on the phone to them, and they calmed me down for an hour or two. And then I pray, I wake up in the morning, it's a new day. So what do I, and, and because you brought up your thing, so you can always at any point say, yeah, no, not doing that um what do i say to you in those circumstances you always tell me alvin friend you need therapy and i'm like yeah fuck that and i always say and i'm like listen coming from a place of love you need therapy and i think i'm not saying that because you're alvin i think that many of us self-included need therapy and i think that i'm looking at it that yeah it's like oh i gotta pay you for this help but what about when you get your car washed, you could do that yourself. You do you feel a fit? Like when when does that? Why is that specific here, but not overall? Because you could wash your car better than you can heal your brain, and you and you. I don't think that you bulk at that payment. I Quite honestly, I think I it's, a, your car. it's a Saint it, Saint it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite honestly, I think it's a mindset yeah. thing. Right. I think we've been indoctrinated to think some of the stuff you talked about, shame, fear of, you know, judgment um, it's a transactional aspect of it that we've taken therapy and we put it in the box of if I need someone to talk to, I can go to my pastor if you're religious. Right. Which mm -hmm. for me, you know, we've had that. Or if you have family, you can go to talk to them. They're not licensed. They're not they don't have the credentials to do those things. Right. Um, so I absolutely believe I think it's necessary, right? I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, therapy it isn't necessary, it is, but some people need to talk to somebody. Yes. And I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe if this was a part of it for you, too. Like, And it's not just um, with therapy. Some things I have to experience first 
before I understand the true value, right? Like, so once I, you know, I, and it was similar for me. Um, part of my past, since we're all sharing, uh, you know, I was wild, right? So I'm, I'm in and out of jail. I'm abusing substances. I'm doing all kind of crazy stuff. And so, you know, I'm talking to a therapist. And at that time, I'm kind of still, like, very egotistical, not really trying to change my life or do anything different. So I'm brushing off what she's asking me to process. And mm -hmm. as I opened up to the ideas of it, even though I still wasn't ready to be like this new guy, she gave me some tools, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, Joe, you don't have to flash right there and go to jail. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you could do something different. Mm -hmm. How about this? Mm -hmm. or, or rephrasing stuff to me to make me say something that I wanted to do out loud, mm -hmm. just so I could recognize, you know what, that's a, that's a that's terrible a idea. Shit. Yeah, that's a terrible yeah. idea, you know? And, and then I started seeing like, oh, she could probably help me in a lot of areas that I'm just not sharing that stuff with, but it was a matter of comfort. So as I got more comfortable with it, I saw more value and then that part went away. But in the beginning, I definitely was like thinking, and I was younger and all those things, so I was thinking like, what is the value of me paying you to just listen to me speak? Right. And then I, and then she showed me the value. Yeah. And he went to therapy before any of the rest of the people in our family. Like Joe went to therapy first in part because Joe was maybe yeah. doing some stuff that outwardly seemed wilder. I don't think that he, we all had shit we should have gone to therapy for. But one of the things that I like about it is that I'm the opposite of that place that y'all are in. I would gladly give a motherfucker a hundred dollars to tell them some shit that is going on in my life where they are not a major stakeholder. They have no skin in the game. This is what's happening. Because sometimes what I learn in therapy is that as the elder statesman, that just means I'm you older just than y'all. Right? Well, no, I'm just saying as the elder <laughs> statesman, you know what I'm saying? As the 47 year old. And I say that because people are like, oh, are you 47? And for the most part, I know myself. But what I have learned about myself in therapy is that knowing yourself means that a lot of times some shit that's going to happen where you like, it's another fucking thing about me. That it makes me explore why I do what I do, why I think what I think in ways that I never have the free moment or the tools to do on my own. Because even when I have free time, I think, well, now why did I do that or why did I do this? That's just me and me. But when somebody else is there, it's like, like sometimes my therapist says something and I'm like hmm. let me ask you a question do you think in the black community right there is a gender um, what's the word I'm looking for there is as far as acceptance of therapy there is a differences in gender yes i.e. women are more receptive to you know getting therapy versus men you could have ended that sentence right there women are more receptive <laughs> Because, you know, the reason Period. why, the reason why I ask, point. the reason why I ask, right, mm -hmm. um, again, and I like to, you know, in my culture, the man, we're supposed to show face, be tough, don't show emotion, you know, you kind of have to, like, you know, be the man of the household, because when you're, you show emotion, you're weak. Everyone's looking at you, and you have to be strong. Now, that's the, that's the, the cultural thing, which I think happens across the diaspora, not specific to African, definitely I can speak to it for here on this um, this this arm of the diaspora, and I dated a West Indian. It's there too. Do you believe in that? Is is showing emotion a weakness? That's the that's the that's the belief of the community. But do you believe in that? Um, for the longest, actually, I, I did. Oh, but you've changed. For the longest, I did. Um, actually, I think it took me from my recent trials and tribulations because that was that shit was like boom, boom, 
boom. And it's like, you can keep it in so, like, so you, you just gonna have to explore. Yeah. Right? And then it feels so good that you just let all that shit out. Now, some days I cried in the house and, and you know, by myself. Um, but for me, that doesn't show that I'm weak. It just shows that I'm human. And if I can just put a pause in here, which is kind of about the therapy thing, but is also a truth. When I am with a man and that man actually is aware of and able to express his emotions, I actually think that he is more manly than when he does not. Because I'm like, this is bullshit. You're a human. <laughs> you have emotions. This is weird. I like you better and I'm more attracted to you when you are honest about that. I think most women right? feel that way. Yeah. I, 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 I would... You know, so most argue. women feel that way. What you motherfuckers doing? But we we see that in each other. I don't <laughs> oh, know if you see what I'm saying. We see that uh, he he's weak, or I mean, for me, when I just look at the totality of it, I mean, I I Tanya tells me I look at emotion differently, and I actually got this author from a therapist, um, it's William Irvine. I mean, he writes about stoicism, and it's about the, it's not emotion. I think that's the problem. Men are comfortable with positive emotion. Men are uncomfortable with negative emotion. Mm-hmm. Women are so much more comfortable, um, not not I don't I don't want to make it sound like it's an acceptance of negative negative emotion, but it's the ability to have a negative emotion, reconcile it, mm-hmm. and then go forward. Right. Men really struggle with that, and we internalize it. Right. And we break down, or we lash out, or we do all those other things. Now, unfortunately, the reason that women are probably able to do that is because men put them in a situation where they had to do that every day just to function. Right, so they developed a superpower. Like it, it's a skill. So to me, all of those things, like showing emotion, is a superpower, and being able to understand, process emotion, but not necessarily act or live from it, is a superpower. Yeah, being able to understand other people's emotions is a superpower. Right, like, uh, emotional intelligence is what we're all looking for. I I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, in my in my country, Liberia, it's, it's certainly something that I wouldn't say is a taboo, but it's not widely push right. or promote it um but people need this shit we went through fucking you know 15 years of civil wars and you have a bunch of fucking crazy people walking around right and alvin let me ask you this because you said that and you mentioned home and you, you said i always tell you to go to a therapist what did i tell you jesus was <laughs> go ahead no, you tell me. Do you remember what I said Jesus was? You said he was a therapist. He was right? a therapist, and that leads <laughs> to my Jesus told you, come to him, bring you his you troubles, are. leave him, and go on your way. That is that but is yes. therapy. That, that's true, but you know what? And he was down there with, a, with a hoe, with a prostitute. He was oh, trying to help people that really had some problems. <laughs> he was. Okay. He was okay. down there with a hoe. I, I, he was I, down I, there with went the somewhere people. Else. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just good. saying he was down there with the people that other people was not talking to. That's the reason why in the Bible, at least because that's my source of inspiration and sort of um assurance there's a lot of blessed assurance a lot of shit in there because for me that's where i go to right when there's tough situation you know i'll say there's you know there's bible verses for any shit that you can ever go through and and you know for me that's my source of comfort and and reassurance but obviously you still gotta talk to people yeah and you know what and i say this and specifically because i think across the diaspora that the Bible is that source, and my my thought on it, not just to you, but to everyone that says it, is your geometry book is your source of the equations and stuff, but 
that book is not going to help you apply in real life. Then you have to go out here and do some other work. So I asked about Jesus being a therapist or brought that conversation up because I think that people see religion and therapy being in conflict. Do you agree with that? That that a lot of people are like I don't need therapy because I have Jesus. Definitely, I, I don't. I don't agree that they're in conflict. Um, but one, do one, you hear people say? I definitely that. hear people yeah. say that. Yeah, I definitely hear people say that. Yeah, I definitely hear people say that. I I haven't, um, and like Joe, I do not agree that they're in conflict. And I think that we can we can agree, like just because we like I I prayed or I I don't need therapy because I have Jesus, but. I actually wanted to look at this a different way and look at five ways psychotherapy and religion work best together because they actually do some of the same things, right? Number one is contemplation. Prayer is a form of contemplation. It's a time that you set aside to reflect on what truly matters in your life. In psychotherapy, you go through a similar process, right? Sometimes your homework in psychotherapy is write these things down or think about a situation. And so you have all of these contemplative moments and the goal of that is to think about higher ideals and ideas right and to have greater mindfulness yep. so how do we feel about that because I, I saw this article and I really was like oh this is people think these are in conflict but I left this thinking listen religion is a form of therapy I actually left with it in the umbrella of therapy that we wouldn't have called it that back then but it is functioning in that way but it is a rudimentary elementary form of therapy for your mental health that it is a, a handheld can opener but these other motherfuckers in therapy got that electric shit there's That's actually some seconds. physiological stuff to that too right like so if you are in that um if you're in the congregation and that song really jumps off in your spirit and you get those chemical responses in you yeah. and all that energy from those other people because that is actually true like your body does react to the energy of the catching people catching the holy ghost no I'm, i mean anywhere at a basketball no, but I, but, game but all of that was, stuff yeah, like yeah like relative it, that, to church that's yeah catching for sure the... for sure um so i i think i think that it's absolutely it's absolutely true what taking a walk is is a form of is therapy, a form of therapy. So what about that, Alvin? Do you do you see similarity or? Uh, I mean, I, I do, I do. Um, you know, reflecting for me is a big, big thing, right? Um, and then perspective is another one too, which I think um, I'm not a therapist, but you know, the Bible gives you another way of looking at things. You know, when you're going through difficulties, it talks about, you know, there's no challenge too great to overcome, right? Or he doesn't give you anything that you know you can't handle. So you know. Does the Bible say that, or do people say that? I am that? so par paraphrasing right now. Yeah, but so like, people say that. Yeah, I didn't even say quote. Oh, okay, no. I was, I was asking because I was right. like, am I confused? Yes, go ahead. Uh, but there are a lot of Bible verses that you know have the exact you know verbiage. Um, but these are little tools that it gives you um, if you're someone who's heavy in, in, in your faith that you would know where to find these things. Um, but if you're talking to someone that can give you guidance on that, then, you know, you can follow and you can still pray for strength, you know. So if you're talking to someone like your pastor or a deacon at the church, you mean? Okay. And you know what, Alvin? I just thought of this is because you could talk to the pastor, you could talk to the deacon, but you paying for that too, that time. Yeah, that well, yeah, but right? so you know the I issue. I never thought of it until you, we just you know, here. You know, like, you know the issue for me? And maybe if it would have been different, I probably would not have seen it as a transaction. So setting was, 
me and my ex-wife, we're begging her about some shit. She was like, we gotta go see a therapist. I'm like, fuck that. She's like, we gotta go see a therapist. I'm like, fuck it. I was like, all right, cool. I fucked up. Let's go. So we, we, we went. Um, and it was interesting because he actually brought some stuff that she never thought about. And for me, I never thought about it. I was like, ah, that's why you're giving me all this shit, right? Because it was a bunch of past trauma. And then once we were done, he was like, all right, cool. Here's the credit card machine. Like, boom. I'm like, dude, you just ruined the vibe. Like, we just had a great conversation. If he would have done it where we either prepaid or... It would have hit you different. It's just because you paid at the moment. It was in the moment. Right? You know what I think would help you resolve that feeling? I mean, is that how it is? No, I was saying therapy would help you with that. Because you you have unresolved feelings about when that transaction occurred. I was just like, you just... I I just can't get over it. I'm like... I'm just messing with (laughs) I can't get over it. I think one of the... um, I I don't know where we were on the list, but if we... We were on the first one, which was it's contemplation that it gives you that. But you combine the second one, so I want to add it. You see community? Yeah, yeah. Well, And and the other thing, I think uh, contemplation actually fits in what I was going to say next. I think if we look back just at the time periods where we thought a lot of this... um, where, where a lot of the religions were being founded, right? Religion and philosophy were closely linked, right? And philosophy it were people trying to understand the workings of the mind. So a lot of that is going to flow over into the religion because, you know, you have to understand your mind to what am I praying for? What do I need? Right. All these things. like And a lot of religions sort of teach uh, to seek God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and some of that seeking God, because we are, are from those creations and it's in those texts, too, is, is in you. Right. right. And maybe you need some help getting to getting get to those deeper of reaches of you. And that other person helping may have prayed to God to be the person to help you, too. Yeah. Like, you never know. Right. right. And I say it and, and that's a good way to look at it. And I look at it, too, where I say. God invented the therapist, like all this stuff. There's many and plenty of things on the earth that people use to help them that if I'm coming from a religious place, then I'm like, well, God invented all of that. But just because we're, uh, I want to make sure that we get these other, there's five other points, right? And one of them is community, mm-hmm. that therapy and a support group, for example, and a religious community that you build kinship with people that maybe have similar issues or would need a support system and you trade that support, right? And you're both coming from the same place, like we're both Catholic, so that's our community, or we're both suffering from separation anxiety Mm -hmm. and we're in this group so that it adds to it community service peace and self-discipline that instead of them being separate that they both follow these things because religion at the end of the day is a science Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. psychotherapy it's it's scientific can can i ask you something yeah so so hearing those things right like hearing those things if you had to Maybe in those areas, right, where you think black people need some assistance, like um, finding peace. You know, mm-hmm. not not saying that we are the cause or any of those things. Just that, hey, it's rough out here. I think we're really struggling to find peace. We're really struggling to find community. What would you say is the reason you think black people should seek therapy? I think the reason that black people should seek therapy, and I take off my glasses in case it makes me have tears because I feel strongly mm-hmm. about it, is because one in three black Americans, I believe, suffer with some sort of undiagnosed mental illness because they have not sought the therapy. And that there is greater reporting now on, at the beginning I talked about, hey, suicide rates amongst black people are up, particularly some of the mental 
um, illnesses or problems that come from social media for mm -hmm. younger people of all races, but I'm focused on, on black people. I think we should seek it because we deserve it and that the reason that we haven't sought it is because everyone has always looked at us that we have to be the burden bearers mm -hmm. of society, that people have not given us space to be people and that we have suffered disproportionately as with all things in these systems because we don't have the space to be human beings. I'll say that even and especially in the context of corporate America that they're white women tears and they work and black women are always treated just a little bit differently and it becomes a burden and even when you look at code switch articles and some of the topics we've covered before that black women will can move in the exact same way as a white man and often we do and it is seen as a negative when it's us so there's all this trauma that we have endured for centuries and centuries and black people should seek it because we deserve happiness and we deserve wholeness and we have so many of these things health-wise systemic issues that are against us that having our mind right can help us deal with the rest of that see that made me teary yeah, and, and you're, you're, I, I, I asked that because yeah, your, your list did. really made me think of it of my reasons right because right. like that point about um the thing that I, I wrote out a couple thoughts right like so my first thought on it was like you know we always reference the constant stress mm -hmm. right like often you know the stress of being black in our world we just internalize right. that um and therapy is just a way to get that out you can you can process you can uh, attempt to learn some tools for management and i think that can be good for anyone um i like to you know one of one of my uh, good friends Proud black man and licensed marriage and family therapist, Jay Long. I asked him how he wanted to be addressed, and that's how he wanted to be addressed. I love it. He told me that as it relates to black folk, just having a safe space to reflect and process your thoughts and feelings without being judged is something that is of great value. Everything around us here um, and most of the rest of the world is designed to make you feel like you're wrong for feeling what you feel. Um, that isn't really happening to you that that barrier doesn't exist right. they weren't trying to pass that law about you they weren't trying to prevent you from doing this we're, we're getting gaslit at every turn and just having a safe space where someone's not judging you or knocking you or telling you that's not possible you're out of your mind any of those things that's a release yeah that's a release. yeah yeah now yeah. i know yeah i was i was gonna ask because i know before I, you were on the fence what do you, you know I, what do you I think i couldn't i couldn't agree more that's what I was saying. Having, um, I would say, one of the main reasons, especially in, in the Liberian culture, my culture, because I can't speak for everybody, it's is that right. Um, people judging you, mm -hmm. um, not having a safe space to talk about your issues, because then you know it's going to spread, mm -hmm. and people are like, oh, he has this issue, he got blah blah blah. Um, that's what I feel like. If you have an outlet, someone that you can talk to, judgment free. Um, and I think one of the most important thing that I've found is perspective. Right. Because there's two sides to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes when we are going through shit, we think about, oh, is the worst thing that's happening to me in this world. Um, but there's also another way to look at it, which is oftentimes what help people get through shit, right? Um, so that's what I think us as black people, <clears throat> you hit it on the head, we need it because there's a lot of shit that we've gone through. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of generational trauma that we've gone through. And, and, and I'll argue that I don't think we know ourselves well. I think that's true. Like mm -hmm. when I said I'm 47, I keep discovering new things about myself. But um, one thing that you called out there when you were like, you have somebody that you can go to and you have somebody that you can talk to. 
And I said, oh, I'm emotional about it because, and I'm emotional about it because I didn't know you were going to, what you were going to say about your personal story when you came here. But I actually think that therapy allows me to do something the opposite of what you said, that the perspective is not that this isn't the worst thing in the world. This is specific to me. And maybe right now, this is the worst thing happening to me in my world. And that is okay, because if I cannot fix the worst thing happening in my world, then I serve less of a benefit, or I'm less of a positive contribution to the people that I impact. And so I, therapy gives you the space to say, this actually is the worst fucking thing that's happening to me right now. This is terrible. This is how I'm receiving it. And then you can uh, heal yourself or work on healing yourself so that the energy that you take out in the world isn't based on the fact that some real fucked up shit is happening to you. And teary-eyed because when you tell your story and every time you say it, I'm like, come on, Alvin, you were seven and you walked from one country to another in a war. I feel... Very concerned the about age that of little my boy. Son. Yeah, that's how I, I feel. So concerned you, about that little boy. When, when actually, when Alvin was speaking, actually, like triggered a thought for me um, about how this, you know, we're we're pulling stats from America, but we, yeah. he's pull, he's speaking to his personal yeah. trauma from Liberia, and then if you think about the traumas globally, like for right. me, when I was when I was reading up on this and like reading the stats, like even the way the data is written, it says because of historical dehumanization, right? What what is that historically? That's the transatlantic. Atlantic slave trade, that's colonization. Right. That's putting borders in Africa that don't reflect the tribes. These are just from, from colonizers, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. This is a more added trauma. Like every, all of this stuff throughout the diaspora, this, this, these things, they know that this is historical dehumanization, oppression, and violence against black people has, has brought us to this place where right. we need therapy. Right. Um, and Tanya pointed out the people who were undiagnosed um, mental illness, and I was actually shocked that you know, uh, in America, black people are almost 14% of the population. Of those 14, 16% reported having a mental illness uh, within the last year. This was 2020. So this is, this is a little bit older. Um, that still equates to over 7 million people. Hmm. So there's over 7 million people in, in black America that identify or have reported as having a mil- mental illness right. in the last year. That's still a large number. Even if we consider the fact that some people are hesitant to go, to go, right? right? It's it's yeah. a large group of Black America, a large number. I won't right. I won't say percentage wise, but a large number that are actively right. seeking these things already. I mean, I think that might be part of the reason why it's becoming more accepted in our communities. Because hey, I know someone in therapy. Like oh, right. I, I I know Joe. Like yeah. he's in therapy. Uh, tell you, tell and that's therapy. that's like, you take anything. That's a lot of things. Like more Black people eat sushi because they know somebody who mm-hmm. eats sushi. It's anything mm-hmm. that. There is a there's a, a, a point where there's a tipping point and you guys both talked about your experiences. Oh, I tried therapy, I went through these things, you talk about where you were and I think again, elder statesman not as a, a hey, listen to me, I'm older, but what I've found is my whole life I said I don't really, I can manage stress because how I manage stress is I just keep going. And I think that most black people do that, they just keep going. And then earlier this year, and you and I talked about it, of course you know, because mm-hmm. we're siblings, I had stroke level blood pressure. Mm. I developed a cardiac arrhythmia. They ran all these tests and they said, there's no physical reason for you to have this stress. It has to be mental. I said, duh, motherfucker, duh. But they gave me a Xanax because until they gave me something to quiet my brain and my anxiety, I couldn't even get out the hospital. And I'm saying my blood pressure was 200 and something over Mm. something, which I never seen in my life. And I went to urgent care because there was a point 
where a whole bunch of stuff had been happening and the entire center of my face went numb in the middle of the day. Mm. And I was terrified. And I hadn't been seeing my therapist because of the pandemic. But I was saying that that we will go to the doctor. And if I hadn't gone to that therapist, I would have spent a whole lot more time at the physical doctor because it was fucking me up. Or you may have had a physical problem. Yeah. Right. Like that, I mean, that's an example. Yeah, that's pressure. an example Death. of how a <laughs> mental a mental issue can actually be a physical issue too. Yeah. So even for the people who may not value the mental side of, of help. I bet they value extending their life. Right. Because if right. your brain breaks down and your mental breaks down, everything else will eventually go. And I, like Joe, was on a journey. Because I know we said at the beginning, you were like, are you going to try and convince me to get a therapist? I'm not ever. Well, that's a lie. Joe said he's not going to try and convince you. Me, yes. Off this podcast, I, I, yes. I know you are. I, I am going to try are. and convince you. And I always say, Alvin, I love you. It's from a place of love. But I'm trying to convince you. Not because I think your shit is so fucked up, but because I didn't think my shit was that fucked up, and that's where I ended up. So if somebody else can avoid that, it's still just like the goal of this podcast, each one, reach one, teach one. Correct. Right? Uh, and, I, yeah, she's right. I wouldn't never – I'm not the person that's like, you need to go to therapy. Try therapy. It's for you. You know, now what I, I will I say, I'll, share, say I'll share my <laughs> experience, you know. And my therapy experience has resulted in far less extreme lows, far less frequent extreme lows. And understanding that even the highs are, are temporary. So, you know, enjoy them to the fullest, but don't be mad when things return to a baseline. Um, you know, just problems, confusion, all of those things are, are, are going to occur. Right. You're not meant to, like, avoid that. You, ju you just need a, a good set, a war chest of tools um, to tackle whatever it is that you come in front of. Like, right. conflict makes us better. We just have to know how to work through conflict. That, that's it. all it is. Like uh, conflict is discomfort. Right. Right. Sure. That, sure. That, that's all it is. And once we get past discomfort, you hit you hit a new understanding. Sure. And, and you're leveling up every time yeah. you do that. Sure. And speaking to the level up, and just because I want to make sure, I always have to tie it up with the bow. One thing that I'll say is we've talked about. Hey, why don't we get therapy? Are people relying on religion more? What are those barriers? The great thing that I will say is that black people are getting more therapy, and they're getting it based on something that is tied to, something that is foundational to you. The more educated a person becomes, the more open they are to these things because they have a different perspective. And also because, um, you know, in your autobiography, like working on the autobiography, that uh, therapy is the purview of the privileged. I had to say that because I put that phrase together and I love it. Therapy is the purview of the privileged. And so until people obtain the education and obtain the financial means because of these barriers that they may not ever get to therapy but once you get to that level you're able to pause from the grind of i have to satisfy my physiological needs to think about your psychological ones and they seek that therapy because it makes this level it makes the attainment better because they get to this level of attainment it's like man nigga, this is it but it's like oh because i still got some mental things or some traumas to resolve. So the achievement in and of itself doesn't alleviate all of the insecurities of a person, right? Right. And so knowing that, and I wanna say uh, parting words, um, are you a little more convinced about therapy? Listen, so here, here is my point of view on it. Um, absolutely, I think therapy is, is essential, is needed. I think we all need an outlet. Um, you know, that's why people always say, talk to somebody, right? When in doubt, talk to somebody. Uh, at least it doesn't have to be someone clinical, but if you, you can't just hold shit by yourself. Um, 
You never say never. I was about to say, that doesn't sound like a convention. You, you never, you, you never get more attacks. You never say never, but this is what <laughs> this is my current perspective on it. I've been through so much shit in my life, and I build perspective. And my perspective is, there is a season for everything, right? Which means today's trouble doesn't mean it's tomorrow's outcome, right? right. Um, and if I can go through it, go through the storm, then you know, sunny days are ahead. So I always look at it. It builds foundation in me, and it builds strength and mental fortitude for me to cope with that. I've learned to um, express my emotion in a way. Um, for example, when we got heated yesterday, I know that when I get to a place, I need to regroup and say, let me remove myself because it's good for me to be able to regroup and then have a you know, logical conversation, right? So I've, I've built those tools, and... I feel like, you know, I'm I'm okay, right? I'm moving. When I get to a point where I feel like, okay, th- I really need to talk to someone, then yeah, why not? And that's what my you say yours one of the yeah. Say I think, um, yeah, it's for me. It was it's kind of simple, man. I don't think I would be I I wouldn't be participating in the podcast today without without therapy. Like if I if I hadn't been through that, might not be alive. Probably wouldn't be free. That's that's what therapy. You did wouldn't for me. have a wife who loved you. I definitely that wouldn't, dude have, wouldn't no have no wife. Yeah, who loved him. Shout out to your wife, baby, because yeah, that yeah. nigga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. I mean, he was really really handsome though. Oh, but then oh god. See, I'm glad he got the therapy because he he relies on something else besides his looks now, <laughs> and that was a big part of nah, his life. Nah, she still think I'm finding the motherfucker too. Don't get it twisted. Now. I mean, listen, she should, but I I I feel like she like your mind That's and, true. and That's your true, movement, man. I love right? That. Because eventually everybody get ugly or everybody gets less attractive. Not ugly, but everybody gets less your attractive. Aunt, your aunt Julia once said, "Ain't no such thing as an ugly Hawthorne man." Yeah, I said I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty till the day I die. I say that, but it's it's. It's it's on a continuum. So wrapping up, I will say, you guys, think about therapy. We know that there are barriers. Um, when we post on the website, I'm going to put some links to some services because our cousin Stephanie works at a service mental health provi- provision. There are ways to navigate this process. So let's help one another do that. And please know in the background that I still will be on Alvin about getting a therapist. <laughs> and if he gets one, that's going to be an episode of Listen, its own. I'm so we can talk it through. With, with the therapist. I'm with not, the therapist. We're going to bring your therapist. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>